Welcome to the Hottest Wellness Podcast. I've got time with Cherry and Shakayla. Here we discuss personal growth, relationships, and healing to become aligned with the best version of ourselves. Hey, uh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor little thing. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good. It's been a good day today. Yeah, it's been a pretty good day. I'm yeah. feeling good, too. Feeling good, feeling great. Feeling great. How are you? Yeah. How are you guys doing, the audience? We missed you guys. It feels like it's been more than a week for me. Yeah, like low you? key. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's been like two weeks. It's because we recorded early last time. <laughs> <laughs> well... Now that we established everybody's doing great, you want to just get right into it or what? Let's get into it, yeah. This week's affirmation is, I embody the perfect balance of feminine and masculine energy. Facts. Per. It's honestly a practice for me, you know, if I'm being honest, but I'm going to speak it into existence. What you mean? Um, I carry a lot of masculine energy. It's literally a practice. It's an intention that I have to set to be more in my feminine. And I, I want to wait till we get a little bit more into the episode to mm-hmm. say what that really means to me, at least, or what I feel it means. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just my energy is just like that because... You know, my experiences in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently because I'm from up north. Up north girls are so aggressive. I mean, they are in comparison to, you know, southern girls. You yeah. Know? I mean, I get it and I hear it, but after living in Virginia, which is considered the south, I think that men are the same everywhere, so... Why are women in up north, specifically the East Coast, like Northeast, more? It's different. The men are different too. Virginia, it kind of depends on where you are. I feel like Virginia is softer in comparison. Mm-hmm. To the north, in some places in the south, like you go to Atlanta, niggas aggressive. Yeah, but Atlanta is a melting pot of people from other places, so that makes sense. Well, I mean, Virginia is too, but it's just, it's not as in your face, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like it depends on the scene. Like, of course, there's like club scene and stuff in Virginia, but it's not like a, to me, a party place. Like, I wouldn't be like, I want to go partying and I'm going to Atlanta. And I feel like the more, I guess, like, urban a place is, the more it attracts, like, a, like, black party vibe. The men are, like, they're hounding you. From, like, like, like in a major city. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's not major cities in Virginia, but I, like you said, it's softer, it's more relaxed, it's like a more calm vibe. And I feel like that's kind of an attribute to the weather because mm-hmm. it's like a tropical place. Yeah. 
Even though that's not always the case in Miami, but I think niggas know how to sweet talk bitches in Miami versus like Absolutely. in New York, they're like, hey, yo, bitch. <laughs> you know, it's like, same thing. Like, I've been getting heckled since I was probably like 10 years old. That's pretty disgusting and disturbing. Yeah. To think about. But welcome to womanhood. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's the womanhood song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, so what are we talking about this week, baby? Ooh, uh, this week, we're talking about women's rights. We're talking about women's rights, y'all. And um, to our male listeners who are slowly coming back, we want to let you guys know this is a safe space, you know what I'm saying? But this ain't about you right now. This is the mm-hmm. time to celebrate women. It's Women's History Month. And so all month we're going to be providing content that is for the ladies or just highlighting and celebrating women, period. For the ladies, for the ladies. (laughs) Yeah, give us a rendition. Um... I do want to give a slight disclaimer before we start this discussion because I feel like we might ruffle a few feathers with some of the things that we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, and just specifically towards like people who might, you know, have caught white fragility. Like, mm-hmm. not that it's a disease or nothing, but when we celebrate and highlight black women, it does not take anything away from white women. Mm hmm. And other people of color as well. So, there ain't no reason to get your panties up in a bunch. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy what's happening here. And take a moment to be educated, you know? I feel like people get offended when they don't want to learn about other people's experience. Because it somehow makes what their experience feel like. They might be guilty of some things. So if you feel guilt, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's that saying? Hit dog, go holler? Oh, every time. Oh. I actually said that earlier in some TikTok comments. My hit dog is always going to holler. What was the TikTok about? It was the Ayana Fix My Life. They've been having me in a chokehold lately. I wish they would stop coming up on my thing because you guys know I love to hear about the psychology of things. And, like, Mm. did you know that she's, like, not licensed? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think I made the right decision to quit school because who knows where where I might end up at. She was up in age, not old or anything, but, you know, like, later in her career when Oprah was like, let's put her on. She's experienced. And um, I actually was saying this to Cherry the other day that, like, life experiences teach us a lot of stuff that we ain't going to learn in school, no matter Mm -hmm. how far your education is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like certain stuff I'm really wise at that other people are not because I've had a lot of experience. Do your thing, baby girl. Oh, but in the clip. So it was this. Was it a mom? No, it was like four sisters or whatever. And one of the sisters was extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. So the one sister was like, you know, now that I'm a mom, it's like I could tell that you a bad mom type of thing. She didn't call her a bad mom, but right. she was tiptoeing because she knew the sister was going to be reactive. Uh-huh. 
She said basically her and her sister got into it and the sister basically tried to square up with her and she knew she wasn't going to fight her. So mm-hmm. then she told her to come into the house. And when she came to the house, the sister put her in the head like and started trying to fight her in front of her kids, girl. And she was like, you knew I wasn't about to fight you in front of your kids. Let me tell you, me and my sister would never get into a physical altercation at this big age because we're like just too much past that like we know that if we that upset we just need to take a minute and come back yeah but like girl don't play with me because i don't care who kids is there <laughs> i will molly whop you do not play with me molly whop <laughs> <laughs> that's one good hit that's all you need <laughs> so no. she yeah she was like getting into it with the sister and of course the sister was getting defensive because she didn't want nobody calling her a bad mom and she stood up and started getting crazy. And you know Ayana do not play that. Mm-hmm. She don't play that. She was like, listen, I'm going to let you know right now. You either can get with the program, have some self-reflection, and make the effort to change. Or I'm going to call your car. She told her, mm-hmm. I'll call the car right now. You can be on your way back. They, Ayana. She has unorthodox methods. Mm-hmm. And but she does ha- have that vibration of like an auntie or a grandmother where she's gonna get you in check. It's like mm-hmm. the authority in her voice. It works if you ask me. I I learned some stuff from her, just about myself. Not like in my how to be different in relationships, but like you know mm-hmm. things that I'm doing. It's like damn, I'm like, be doing it too. <laughs> So. I think one of the biggest things that works for her is the boundaries that she sets for herself in the midst of the sessions. Mm-hmm. Like, your partner or whoever isn't setting these boundaries, but I'm going to set these boundaries, and you go sit here and think about why it's here. Yeah. I feel like she definitely acts as, like, a safe space, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, to communicate in. And then if people are not... Providing that safety along with her, she will tell them the door. Because that's exactly what she told that girl. She was like, listen, sis, you're not a safe. You're not safe. You're not a safe person. And because of that, I know you a terrible mother. She flat out told her. <laughs> and, you know, most therapists won't say all that because they're afraid to lose their clients. You know mm. what I'm saying? But sometimes that's what you need is to keep it real with you. Like, yeah, that's how I be in my readings. You know, I be too real with niggas sometimes. But by the end of the reading, they be crying and they be like, oh. My God, this was so good. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you need to hear because the people closest to you, they be trying to protect you, they be trying to keep the peace, mm-hmm. and ultimately they I'm love saying, you. Man. So mm-hmm. you know they be like walking on eggshells a little bit about stuff. But <laughs> one thing about me, I'm gonna get it off my chest. <laughs> um, so the first topic we want to cover today within women's rights is body autonomy mm-hmm. body yaddy 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 mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i came to party baby yeah yes yes <laughs> <laughs> what is body autonomy Ooh. <clears throat> Rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> body autonomy is basically having control and safety for your own body. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can do what I want with my body. Cherry can do what she wants. 
everybody should be good and nobody should be able to tell like another person what to do. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, um, because of colonizers, we don't have body autonomy because there are laws and legislation from the beginning of time and still being created now that tells us what we can and can't do with our body. Sometimes that's like with the abortion laws, abortion ban going on in certain states. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we think about what's going on right now in Pakistan, where they are just women can't go to certain places. They can't go to certain areas. They have to be like completely covered from head to toe, mm-hmm. like just insane. And it's like one thing. If that's what you choose as part of your religion, but like, what if that's not your religion and then you being forced into it? Yeah. And the thing that makes me the most sad about this is that this legislation is usually and mostly created by men. And like, how is somebody that's not a man, not a woman, gonna tell a woman what's right for her body? It's kind of like when you have a doctor that's a male and. They telling you what's wrong with you, even though you told them what's really wrong with you. And they just have that, I'm a doctor, I've been doing this for 50 years, Mm -hmm. energy about them. And it's like, I know what I'm talking about, but it's like, no. That um, reminds me of, I don't remember what episode this was, but in last season of Harlem... Where mm-hmm. um, the one character, she was like having issues, reproductive issues. And she went to the emergency room. She was in a ton of pain. She literally had just like passed out on the subway. So, you know, something wasn't right with her in the first place. Mm-hmm. And she waited in the emergency room with her best friend. And when the doctor come, he literally try and invalidate all of her concerns and say, basically, that's normal for a period. Like, he's a woman. Then she's like, I've been bleeding for 12 days straight. And he was like, yeah, sometimes that just happens. Like, like didn't even try to, didn't ask more questions about it or nothing. He was just, he just, yeah, that was crazy. I've had a lot of experiences like that, but that's why I don't see male doctors anymore. If I don't have to, if it's not a point like in the emergency room where you can't control who you see, mm-hmm. we're still at that point, you can request a female doctor. Now, if it's not one there, then what you going to do, but you just will have to wait until one is available. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to see a male doctor. You have way more choices than you think you do. But then she left, and the very next day, she ended up having to get into emergency surgery. Mm -hmm. And because he wouldn't listen to her concerns, and that could have been totally prevented. Like, why she ain't sue him? Like, she could have died. She dead ass could have died. And that's like a real situation for a lot of women every day. One who don't have access to health care, and, um, you know, to just out here without the skills and knowledge to advocate for themselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a messed up thing. Yeah. Have you ever felt like your body autonomy, like, or do you feel like that now is like being challenged or like you don't have that? Mm, I don't think so. The only time I feel like, I guess I'm not really in control would be like, because I have an irregular period, Mm -hmm. 
it's like, what's going to happen? We getting it this month or we just getting symptoms, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my period is pretty irregular, too. I um, had seen a a reel from another podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it really had me triggered and riled up because I'm not going to mention the podcast, but they had like a gynecologist on. Mm Mm-hmm. And this lady gonna say uh, that normal periods shouldn't be more than what did she say three days or four days or some ridiculous ass shit. And it was like I just hit the comments like this is so Mm -hmm. harmful. Mm -hmm. Like we all have different bodies, and the best thing that you could do is get to know your body, Mm -hmm. find a doctor that you trust that you feel comfortable with that can listen to you and that you can advocate for yourself with and work together so that you can have good health. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it's crazy out here. And who are her patients that are on are all her patients? They only got three day periods. Well, later when I, cause I kept getting likes and comments on my comment. Mm-hmm. So one, Eventually, I had went back to the post, and then she had went to the comments and basically said she felt like that the clip was inaccurate to everything that she said on the podcast and the way that they had cut it, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But it's like, well, that's why it's so important, like, well, what you say about, like, being intentional about exactly what your words is. Mm -hmm. Like, not that everybody don't make mistakes, but for you to be a doctor... And you literally going on a podcast. You should have speaking points ready, baby girl. Yeah. Like, you should have notes. You should know exactly. And I know they posted that clip for the, you know, triggering factor because Mm -hmm. the woman was going to be in that comment, like, girl, behind. Yeah. So you said what you said. But at least you didn't stand on it. Because that would have been worse. The last thing we need is... Doctor, doctors who are women that are literally doing the same thing as men. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Male gynecologists really creep me out too. I'm not saying all of them yeah. are pervs, but it's just interesting to me that the majority of gynecologists are men. Sorry, I. And you start getting like paps, like they say when you're sexually active, but then if you hit a certain age and you're not sexually active yet, they'll make you start getting them. Yeah. It is kind of weird. I had a male uh, gynecologist once. Mm -hmm. He was actually pretty cool, though. The only thing that was strange about it was the fact that he was, like, talking the whole time. Like, making friendly conversation. He didn't make it weird at all. But it was just like, bro, can you not talk to me? Inside (laughs) of there. Yeah. I do not like pep smears. (laughs) And, you know, you need to check with your doctor because the recommendations of when you need to get a pep smear has changed. Like, it used to be, like, every year. And now I think it's, like, three to five years or something. So, girl, don't be putting yourself through that. Like, I feel like that's ridiculous anyways. Like, of course, a man invented that tool. It seems like that's not what a woman would it would have used I feel like to yeah. check out the area. Yeah, all that stuff I feel like there was no actual thought involved in it. It was just let's just open her up and get in there. But why know? would they have to think about it? Because they don't have vaginas. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's ridiculous. 
Yeah. 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 So I feel like there's not really a natural flow with these topics. So we're just going to jump right into the next one. Let's jump right in. I really wanted to discuss culture appropriation, specifically how it impacts black women. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we are the target of most of where it's coming from or where people find their inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it bothers me a lot. Are, do you, are you one of those people who feel like it's just hair or it's just nails or this culture, is cultural appropriation like a thing to you? It's a thing. I will say I believe that some of my perspective on it has changed depending on what's happening and who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of where we are right now as a society with the internet and the influence and everything. Yeah. Like, in some cases, it's kind of hard to just not be into what another culture is doing. And a part of that appreciation can be adopting some things. Mm -hmm. It just got to make sense, though. Yeah. I understand that in a sense because there's a lot of cultures that I admire, but you'll never see me, like, you know, cosplaying as them. Yeah. Like... I bet you a white person in the comments of our week's video going to say I'm cultural appropriating because I'm wearing a cowboy hat. And it's like, do you know who the first cowboys was? Not white people. (laughs) (laughs) I think my issue with it is I understand, too, we're on the Internet. And because Mm -hmm. black people really do make the trends pop. Mm-hmm. There's naturally going to be influence and people are want to participate in those things. But at the same time, what they fail to understand is that in real life, though, mm-hmm. it's not just cool and trendy to be like that as a black woman. But these are things that is naturally derived from all cultural art experiences. Like I grew up seeing black women in the 90s look a certain way, dress a certain way, have their nails a certain way. And you would have never seen white girls dressing like that. Yeah. White girls had their own thing and they was doing fine with it, you know? And when I get on the internet and I see a white girl and she's like got extra long nails, she's wearing um, knotless braids, you know, maybe got on a tan that's a little bit too dark for her. That really triggers me because in real life, I've been in too many situations where I was being discriminated on by those same things. Mm-hmm. It's not professional for me to wear braids at work. And if I do, then it's either going to be somebody looking at you weird, acting, maybe even asking you to change your hair. Or then you got those one weirdos who be like, can I touch it? How long did it take? Is this your real hair? Like, I've been a wig wearer for lots of years. So you can imagine if every week I'm wearing a different wig. Here go all of the white people. Your hair just changes so much. And it's like, girl. I don't understand that. Because you know what a fucking wig is. You know what it is. White people wear just as many extensions as black people. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And that's what bothers me is because they try and act like it's something totally different or that like black girls be bald head just because we wearing wigs or something. And it's like, that's actually not always the case. Mm -hmm. And most women who have short hair have short hair by choice. Sometimes it's something that's going on with their body or a Mm -hmm. health condition. And it's like, it bothers me that black people have to be so educated and aware every single where they go of everything of their blackness of whiteness of how they're going to be treated and white people could just go around doing and saying whatever and being problematic to people because it doesn't impact or affect them like i could dead ass not get a job just because my name is shakayla and that's what i don't like about the appropriation you know what i'm saying like if i had extra long nails they're gonna judge me a certain way that they're not gonna judge a white girl for having that Mm -hmm. and that's the problem because we being discriminated in real life against it and not just in professional situations but anywhere like i could be at the bank and people will be looking at me like thinking something about me whatever their perception is of black girls yeah, like, I bet, <laughs> I bet her money is from drug money. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, because yeah. there will be black people who own homes in nice areas and then white people will be accusing them of not living there. Are you a rapper? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to have some ridiculous ass career. Like, you can't just be normal and worked hard or even that you might have generational wealth mm-hmm. because that is a thing now. So, it's yeah. like they... They always need an explanation, too, about why our money be so long. Because there's no way. I mean, you didn't have no slaves, so there's no way possible that y'all could have a couple dollars and you didn't obtain it illegally or maybe from being a stripper Mm -hmm. or something that they feel like somehow degrades us as a black woman. Which That's not my opinion, by the way. I think strippers are amazing and they should keep going. Mm -hmm. Don't stop, girl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah do you have anything else you want to add hmm. just stop doing it <laughs> it gets really weird when it turns into when it's like the mix between the black and I don't know if there's a way to say this without being offensive are you, are you mean like biracial or what do you mean? Or do you mean like um, women who are not black but date black men? I wasn't going there. But that's the thing because there's a particular girl who, not all of them, because mm-hmm. one of my closest friends is a white girl married to a black dude and she don't act black at all, which mm-hmm. I know that's not a thing for real, but you know what I mean when I say that. Mm-hmm. She just herself and she don't have no type of black scent. She just regular. Like mm-hmm. not all white girls is like that, but there is a specific brand of white girl who once they start dating black men, they feel like they have to start to adapt what they think blackness is so that the black man will be more attracted to them. And for some reason, black men like that. They like that it's giving everything black, but it's still not black. And I ain't gonna go too much on that because we're here to celebrate women. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I wanna get started on dog and man. Cause I it will. is weird though. You should really look at yourself if that's what you're into. It's giving self-hate. Yeah, we can, we can just move on. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I got to ask you, like, would you ever wear, like, a bonnet or a do-rag in public? Yeah. Yeah, I would, too. I don't care. A do-rag, not a bonnet. I mean, I don't care. I used to have a thing, but I think because it was a thing, you know, mm-hmm. the respectability pot- politics, I definitely was raised by my grandmothers, and mm-hmm. because they were raised in a certain era, black people were going to be taken more seriously if they look presentable. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, back in the day, black people were literally wearing, like, their church clothes every day because they wanted... To not be seen as niggers, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I had a, a thing, too, with the respectability politics about feeling like I needed to look decent to go out or something or look a certain way when I'm going certain places. And now, honestly, I do not care. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I do still try not to wear it in public. I mean... Because honestly, if I got my do-rag on like that, that means my hair is fresh. Y'all need to see this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I took my time to do this. Y'all need to see how fly I am right now. Mm-hmm. But it is still just the whole, like, don't wear that in public. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like in the back of your mind. Yeah. Y'all let us know. Are Are you... If you are a black woman, do you go along with respectability politics or are you like, girl, fuck them? Because what it is, is just catering to the comfortability of white people. Because at the end of the day, why, why would it, why should another black person care that they're literally wearing a protective style or protective headwear? But then it just comes also from that same relationship of self-hate of thinking like, you know, some things, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, that's why they call it respectability politics. You get more respect if you go out and you look presentable. Yeah, that was, that was a big word in my house growing mm-hmm. up. Be presentable. Mm-hmm. Make sure you look like something. Don't be going out here looking like, insert now offensive language, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like even my kid's grandmother is like that. Like, mm. she definitely would be telling Max and Eva they need to comb their hair before they go out. I feel like in combination with me and her a little bit, it gave Eva a complex for a minute of her hair because mm. she was always felt like her hair wasn't combed or wasn't did. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, that's the way that she you know, had that experience. So, but like when I would say stuff about her hair, it would be like, because kids play rough. It's literally mm-hmm. a joke in the black community. You send your kid to school with their hair fresh and done <laughs> and then they come home like it's six days old. And like, that's where I was coming from with it. But she took it like, you know, hurtful. Yeah. Like something was wrong with her hair all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Girl, you missing bows. You got one bow sticking up the wrong way in the middle of your head. One twist just totally undone. Like, <laughs> It's the thing. Like, what was y'all doing? Just rolling around in the dirt? (laughs) (laughs) And they do. Like, she be coming home. I be like, did you go to school with those holes in your pants? No, I tripped and fell. And what is going on in that schoolhouse? (laughs) Maybe playing the Hunger Games over there. Yeah. 
I definitely don't. I mean, I feel like for sure I'm not about... My kids can go out in, like, sweats and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't care, but... That was a big thing. You couldn't go out in sweats? Could not go out in sweats. I went outside in sweatpants for the first time in college. And that was... I went outside and I got into a car. (laughs) And then... I don't think I really felt comfortable doing it at all until like three years later. Mm-hmm. That's and it so was just wild. Like, oh my gosh, I need to hurry up and get where I'm going because I got sweats on. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that my body or my clothing preference was really being policed like that growing up as far as like being presentable for the mm-hmm. most part. But the main thing was my mom was like, don't be dressing like no hoe, which mm-hmm. that was my dream, you know? <laughs> I literally wanted to be a video girl when I was, like, in ninth grade. So, yeah. like, what do video girls look like? Hot, duh, like. Yeah, I wanted to be that girl, <laughs> but that wasn't an option. That was, like. Listen, it wasn't an option for me either, but this is what I used to do is, first of all, because my mom was a hot girl herself, I would, like take clothes that's hers you mm-hmm. know and but a little bit at a time not like all at once because then she'll notice her clothes is missing yeah until i had the outfit that i wanted mm-hmm. i would put that shit in my backpack makeup too and then when i got to school i'm changing they make movies about girls like you <laughs> because don't tell me what to wear because i'm gonna wear it period that's a lifetime movie they be doing that in all the lifetime movies it must be their story, you know, like me, because that's I like what I like. <laughs> I feel you. At the time, I think I mostly like the attention, but I also really like those clothes, you know. Yeah. So, it is what it is. Yeah, I had to get my attention with my smarts, and that didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those kids that I was way smarter than I was letting on to be. Mm-hmm. Which is another conversation we had earlier this week, and it just was because people don't like it when you waste that, and so you can get ostracized very quickly. And you, if you're from a certain environment and you acting way smarter than other people, and not to say acting, but that's how they feel. Like yeah. you think you're all that, you think you're so smart, girl. You think you know everything, and it has kind of followed me through my life. So now I'm like really. Outspoken about what I know and my experiences, but in the past, that really did dim my light. So, hmm. yeah. But <clears throat> I feel like I could be in a room full of insecure adults and they would totally make me feel like I'm doing too much for talking about what I talk about hmm. or whatever I have knowledge on, you know? Oh my God. And you'd literally just be having trying to fucking have a conversation. That's trash. Yeah. They can't keep up. So they just like, you extra, you know? What? Are you a feminist? A feminist? Yeah. I don't think so. Define feminist. Um, I mean, a feminist is somebody that I guess is for women's rights. You know what I'm saying? And so they lead with that in their life. They challenge the authority over women. 
so that we can have equity within, you know, communities and have safe spaces, uh, supposedly. I support women, but most importantly, I support black women. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not a feminist. I have never been a feminist because the feminist movement at one point, it was started by, you know, trans women mm-hmm. of color mm-hmm. and slowly it became something that white women overtook. Yeah. And that means, of course, that the issues of white women's were the ones that were, I guess, being resolved, if that, or even just talked about. After we got to a certain point where, you know, we had right to vote and stuff, they was like, what do we need these colors for? The <laughs> skip for yoga mats or something. Another level of appropriation, by the way. Yeah. So, I would consider myself to be a womanist. Womanist. Yes. This is a term, and I really don't want to go into discussing who it was that created that term because she recently said some really harmful things, so I'm going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But I do consider myself to be a womanist because it's inclusive to all women, um, but it prioritizes the rights of black women because, like that one guy <laughs> said... Um, you know, black women are the most disrespected woman in America or person in America. And mm-hmm. so it's very important that we are the ones that I feel like are leading these movements because not only are we going to make sure that we get our needs met, we're compassionate leaders. We're going to make sure that everybody has safe spaces, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's speaking for me and I feel like most womanists, you know, they want everybody to have the same rights mm-hmm. whereas I feel like as white women they just you know all they care about is keeping that that um I don't know I guess lifestyle that they have inside of whiteness and so they would have to like kind of betray that to to put our needs first and they they're not doing it not yeah. the majority of them, or else a lot of stuff have would have changed already. Yeah. Um, a lot of white women, before they are women, they are wives to white men. Before they are women, they are white. Mm-hmm. And um, before they are women, they are Christian. And so, unfortunately, with that, cocktail of crazy where does that leave us as black women to fend for ourselves yeah and continue to feel less than everybody else Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to fight for the right to vote and then just vote whatever your husband votes it's like so you just wanted to color on this paper? Because they didn't care about voting in the first place. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not yeah. saying all. I don't want to say white women are a monolith. But just in general, 
why would they care about that? And really, why would they want black women or black men to have the right to vote when that means that we could vote to stop taking care of their babies full time? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that's common knowledge, but a lot of people don't know. But like black women never had the luxury of being stay at home moms until really the most recent like decades, because. Even if we did have kids, we were still prioritizing raising white children. At one point, they made it illegal in certain states for a black woman to not have a job. Because once black women were free from being enslaved, they was like, okay, we're not about to keep raising y'all kids, but white women ain't know how to take care of kids. Mm. So they start complaining, and then the legislation started to control black women so that they had to work for white women Mm -hmm. to take care of their kids, even though their kids was at home, they needed to be taken care of, you know? And it wasn't until after like the first world war when, you know, black soldiers was coming back or whatever, and they could afford for their wives to stay home. And their wives was like, yeah, I'm not doing this no more. Yeah. So that's like food for thought. In history, every time white women has had the opportunity to do something that will elevate other women of color, they never do. And so I don't generally trust white women and I have zero expectations for them to do anything for my rights, for my freedom or nothing like that. Like you said, the majority of them going to vote and do what their husband tell them to do anyways. The majority of their beliefs are reflective of Men, I mean, girl, why would I want to be a feminist? Yeah, who sucks? It doesn't really leave room for actual growth for women. Yeah, I mean, but you know us, we gonna do what needs to be done when it needs to be done anyways. You ain't got to worry about that, sweetheart. <laughs> So if you're ready, we can slide into mental health matters. Mental health matters. Yeah. Love it. How do you feel about the soft life movement? Are you a soft life girl? Or are you in your soft life there? Um, I am not. But... I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me why you're here for it and why you are not then? Hmm. Uh, I'm here for it because everyone deserves that level of peace that comes with not stressing yourself out about life's challenges. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't believe that I'm in my soft life era because ain't shit soft. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's peace within me, but it's not always peaceful in the day to day. Mm -hmm. So I think that's realistic for everybody. And I think that's my main bone to pick with soft life Mm -hmm. um i'm not a fan one because i feel like it's not inclusive i feel like 
at least on the internet, soft life has an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so if you are not part of that aesthetic, if you are not in a certain class of women, I feel like you're not going to be considered to be in your soft girl air, no matter how soft you're being. And although it is like supposed to be about self, we also have to think about like the message that's being created and speculated online and in our communities. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's very much based in materialism. Like, can you afford to have a soft life? When really soft life, to me, if it was really a thing, should be about inner peace. Mm -hmm. And although I think it's good and healthy to share, like, what your rituals is day-to-day with people, maybe because they don't have an idea what they should start doing or just out of general interest, I think that's a personal thing. Mm -hmm. I personally, although I might share tips and stuff, I never share what my spiritual practice is in the current moment. Mm -hmm. So that's weird to me that they're like soft life, but then it's going shopping, you know, everything tan and nude in their home, being able to go to Starbucks to get a coffee in the morning. It's like, can you afford the soft life? And that's what I don't like about it. See, I don't think that's what soft life is. I don't think that's what it is, but I think online, that's what... That's what they make it look like. Right. Yeah. If you search right now on TikTok, soft life, even get specific soft life black women, you'll see the type of content that comes up and you can make your own decision based off of, you know, my opinion. It's, it's just my opinion. It's not fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just how I feel about it. I don't I don't think that it is what it should be. And I mm-hmm. think that with the soft life, it kind of brought in this rise of femininity coaches, which mm-hmm. I have a really big bone to pick with because they never really teach what true femininity is. It's almost like they make it seem like femininity is womanhood when that's not true. Okay, so what is femininity and what is womanhood? To me, womanhood is being a woman. Mm-hmm. All women are not feminine. Okay, mm-hmm. so how is that the same thing? Mm-hmm. And femininity is an energy. It's an energy. Yeah. Masculinity is an energy. It's something that you embody. It's something that is your practice and how you move in life and the way that you make your decisions, the way that you think and process information. That is what femininity is. And it has literally nothing to do about what you can buy into or even the clothes that you wear. It has nothing to do with that. It's all spiritual. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the movement offend me so much because I feel like where this could have been an opportunity for people to focus on themselves and the things that make them happy and make them feel good, make them feel safe enough Mm -hmm. to relax, safe enough to rest. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. And yeah. I feel you. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) I think that in this new wave of what femininity is is or feels like, to me, it kind of almost like makes that strong black woman trope, you know what I'm saying? They're like, 
either you a strong black woman or you are a feminine black woman. Mm-hmm. And to me, what I think what it means to be a strong black woman is not persevering through struggles. It's not working two jobs so you can make ends meet. It's not mm-hmm. raising three kids as a single mom. Like to me, being a strong black woman is vulnerability. It's being able to be intimate with people. It's not being afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's taking the time to rest. Like, that's true strength. Yeah. Doing what you gotta do for yourself. Yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah. So that's my feelings on it. You guys let us know. What is a strong black queen? <laughs> <laughs> What, are you a soft life girly and you know what I'm saying did you feel personally attacked <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know do you want to like tell them about what we have for the breaks this week what we got for the breaks you know what let's start this off with Music Soul Child dropped. Okay. The project is called Victims and Villains, I believe. I started listening to it. It sounds good. It's regular R&B. He not doing no weird shit like he was trying to do some years ago. He did an interview with somebody, and I think he was talking about basically he was having some, like, a breakdown during that period. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch the interview, and I honestly didn't listen to the whole clip because I didn't care. But music sounds good. Mm -hmm. I made it to, like, track three or four, you know, and then I left because I just wasn't in an R&B mood, but it sounded really good. Kind of giving us 2000 sound wise with the music and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say too much um, music, so child, because um, I hate to tear a black man down during Women's History Month. Mm. I want that to be my legacy, so I'm going to just say, oh, cool. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, did you know? That only 2.8% of all songs are produced by women. I didn't know that, but I can believe it. People really don't want to work with women. For different reasons. They all, I feel like, come back to the same thing. What? Which is being able to have women in their pocket. You know what I'm saying? Being able to have a sense of control or power over them so that we don't attain as much success as men. Um, If there's nothing that I haven't learned in the last year on TikTok, specifically in the black community, it's some brothers out there who do not want to see us win because they are losing by choice. That's a fact. I wanted to be clear with the by choice part because we ain't going to get into the systematic stuff and everything that's affecting everybody. We just talk about the ones mm-hmm. that hate to see a sister shine. It, yeah. They hate to see women become educated. They say, hate to see women making more money than them. 
and it's certain things that they'll say is not attractive about women, mm. but it's like make it's the stuff that really just make them feel insecure about their masculinity. Yeah. But then once again, they don't understand that being being masculine, what a lot of men perceive it to be, is really just from the lens of a white man, and so it's toxic as fuck. Yeah. Being masculine. It's only a small portion of it to me about being a provider and a protector. First of all, we wouldn't need protection if it wasn't for y'all niggas. And niggas is plural as in all of the men of the world who continue to do harmful acts, continue to make these laws. Yeah. Everyday things that you do with women that are disrespectful in your real life. Mm-hmm. Y'all hold up the system of the patriarchy. And then be mad when women benefit off of that system. Yeah. Which I'm going to save for next week because I don't have to get into it today with that one. But that's just very sad because um, when I heard that, I thought that seems unrealistic because of the amount of women in music. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought, the amount of women who produce songs and probably just didn't get the credit for it. Because if that's a thing in black history, why is not a thing in women's history? Like, come on. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. One, it's like, I don't remember which episode it was, but I mentioned like when I was like really heavy in making beats and stuff, like a constant thing that would be said would just, you don't make no beats. You don't know how to make no beats. It's like, we're not six years old when you think women just can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you think that I can't do this? They just, it's a weird thing. Men still think that women can't do things. Just because they're women. Or they think they're not into something. Mm. I, you know, I challenge you on that. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's a pretend game. It's a mind game. Because mm-hmm. it's not that they truly think that we can't. It's that they don't want us to. Mm-hmm. They want the industry to continue to be led by men. Because then they can continue to do the things that they be doing in those spaces that are not safe for women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why you see people like Beyonce who will have a female only. Or excuse me women only tour everybody Mm -hmm. in her tour from top to bottom with an exception which i know that she does like have her choreographer and i think um i'm not sure if it's still her tour manager but i don't remember his name at this point but i knew that person was a man Mm -hmm. a gay man but still a man Mm -hmm. and so for the most part she's like i'm going to hire women because these are the people that I know I'm safe with Mm -hmm. and also the people that I want to uplift because there are, you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of women who are a bass player. But when they keep going for these auditions, who you think they're picking, no matter how good a woman is, a lot of times, no matter what field you are in, they're going to pick a man. I was actually complaining to you about this a few weeks ago about the makeup industry Mm -hmm. and how the majority of makeup artists in like the industry that are catering to like celebrities are gay men. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's extremely problematic because 
not men started wearing makeup before women and so it's not that men can't wear makeup or anything i'm not saying that it's just weird that in an industry where women are the predominant people that are going to be buying it wearing it and needing no services why is it that men keep getting hired mm-hmm. like that's weird as hell to me it is Mm. And even women are hiring them too So you have to think that that's how deep the patriarchy runs Because some women they'll even think like I need to go somewhere to get to a man to get this job done Because a man gonna do it better Because there are certain fields that are just led by men Like anything construction related You know what I'm saying mm. Something that's like getting maintenance on your cars Like getting going to get a haircut You just know for the most part, that a male is going to do a good job. So a lot of times, women who are even excelling in their career, they still won't ever reach the success of a man. It's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to talk about because my first thought was, in some cases, people are so much more impressed when a man does a really good job with makeup versus a woman that does a really good job. It's just like, if a man does it, it's like, oh, wow, he really did like that. Like, he's slaying these hoes. It's like the same thing, like, in the wig industry, like, with Tay. Mm-hmm. Like, how many girls do you see every day on TikTok that are literally killing the lace wig game? Mm-hmm. But constantly, even black women are guilty of this, like I'm saying, but who are the people they giving views to, though? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Yeah. What's going on, sis? Let me know. So, yeah. I feel like that's food for thought and it's something to think about. And I also challenge any of our women listeners that no matter how male-led a field is, that if it's something that you want to do, even no matter how problematic your environment might be discouraging you in doing those things, Mm -hmm. you should follow your heart no matter what it is. Because fuck these niggas. Fuck (laughs) them. It's cool when they do it. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, we have... Some women that we want to speak about for Forest Bias, of course, because it is Women's History Month. And all month long, we're going to be discussing and highlighting women because it's so many of us out there, especially women of color, that are really killing the game, being inventors, changing up things, setting the precedents for what success looks like. And they deserve to be talked about. Yeah. So, this week, we're discussing first Daya Brown. She's a graduating senior at Atlanta's Westlake High, and she has received over 50 college acceptance letters and over $1.1 million in scholarships from universities such as Duke, Spelman, FAMU, Hampton, and many more. That's so crazy. That's a lot of scholarship money. First of all, shout out to my good sis for making it through those four years of challenging high school, which we've all been through, so we know what it's like, and keeping up her academics to a certain point for her to get those type of scholarships. That's not average by any means, (laughs) and especially going to a public school where you might have limited resources. She did her motherfucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did she play sports or anything? I didn't look up into it to see anything like that. I'm gonna have to look into that. Cause I didn't look also, to see if it was an academic scholarships or yeah. if they were, you know, athletic scholarships. I did not. I guess it's probably academic. I feel like if it was sports, they probably they would have mentioned, mentioned it. it. Yeah. yeah, I think so. They usually do, because then they'll be like so and so athlete or blah blah basketball yeah. player from this. I think it was yeah, just purely out of her grades. That's super impressive. Very impressive. Shout out to her and congratulations. And when I do find out, I'm gonna update y'all on which school she chose. Cause yeah, girl, where are you mm-hmm. going? I feel like that's so exciting. I, w- there was a point when I wanted to go to college, and I always feel like I don't think FOMO's the right word because it past but you know i always think about what would have happened if i would have went to college instead of joining the navy so shout out to her i hope that she has an amazing experience and i hope she pick a um hbcu yeah i mean well they're not all hbcus no they're not and then it's even more schools you know what i'm saying that's over 50 colleges i'm sure there are more than 50 hbcus but i when we think about hbcu you money and the type of donations and things that they get they're not on the same level of you know like a a d1 school or something yeah something like that so i'm thinking like with this the amount of money and scholarships it has to be schools that are like up there yeah so um i also wanted to discuss dr bobby's big mouth toothbrush she went on Shark Take recently and sold out within 24 hours of snagging a 150k investment. It's 11:11. Um, I hope y'all made a wish. <laughs> so that's dope as hell. Yeah. Did I ever tell you like I always wanted to go on Shark Tank? Like I'm trying to find the perfect adventure so I can like get on Shark Tank. <laughs> I don't know you want to get on there, but I knew you were, like, oddly obsessed with it. Yeah. I've had somebody tell me before, because I used to love Shark Tank, and we used to watch it all the time in the shop that I work at. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to be trying to, like, go home and watch it with my ex, and she'll be mm-hmm. like, I hate this show. It's so mean. They're so mean on that show. And, like, some people generally don't like it because of how tough and critical that they are. Mm-hmm. But, like... I do think some of them are overly harsh for no fucking reason. Like, recently one of them got called out for basically being racist. He said some weird ass shit. But, um, oh, it was with the lip bar. Remember that article we seen the other day? Apparently he called them, said they look like... It was compared to an animal, and I don't remember what animal it was. I'm really hoping that it was a monkey's, but I don't want to say that for sure. But he said basically the colors of the lip color. And I just want you guys to know that Lip Bar is one of the most successful brands right now. They're grossing like millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't get no deal from the Shark Tank. But that's the best thing you can do is just to like still do your thing even though people wasn't willing to invest with you. And they can regret it later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Period. You can break bread with me now or you can watch me later. Yeah. Yeah. Niggas be sick too. Lip Bar is that girl right now. She's in Target. I think she's in Alta now. Maybe Sephora. Do not play with her. Yeah. Do not play with a black woman. When she says she gonna do something, it's gonna get done. Yeah. 
Facts. Yeah. Um, and the last two women that we wanted to discuss are two computer scientists. I cannot pronounce either one of their last names, so out of respect for them, I'm just going to say their first name. Um, Dr. Joy B. and Dr. Timnit G. Okay. And they are two scientists who a few years ago, they predicted that there's going to be some racial and gender discrimination as we are going into the age of, ages of technology, you know what I'm saying, with all the AI and the software. So you ever like trying to get in your iPhone and they're like, no, that's not you. No, that's not you. No, that's not you. Like, mm-hmm. it's because you're black. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that ass. It's a thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You ever yeah. go on TikTok and you try and use some of those filters and then they'd be like... Why do I look like this in this filter? It's like racist as fuck. And it's not a person doing the filter. It's literally the technology. But I'm going to be honest with you. What do you expect when the majority of the people that are creating this technology are like inherently racist? Don't let that eat you up. If you need to Google what inherently racist means, go ahead and do that. (laughs) So shout out to them. And that's something also to think about, you know, it's like more and more stuff is coming out. Yeah. We got the, what is it called? The GP chatter. What is it called? Chat GPT, I think. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. Writing their papers, making resumes. Listen, if I had that a few months ago, I might have not dropped out of school. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm very weary when it comes to technology, especially AI and facial recognition software. It rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I can't see myself using the chat GPT. There's other AI technology that I use. Like I was just talking about a few weeks ago, how they had that like on Canva. Mm-hmm. Where, like you said, the predictive type that we use for um, putting the captions into the video. That's all AI technology. But like when yeah. you start to really get into the facial recognition, we talked about this before, but you're not thinking about, first of all, what are they doing with those images of your face? You won't never know. And it seems really cool and all that stuff, but girl, it's not safe. It's really not. So. Like, even with the understanding that a bunch of what we already use is not safe, it's like, at least for me, it's like, I'm not going to. Add on to it purposely. Yeah. Like, I still have never done the facial recognition for my phone. Like, I'm still putting the code in every time. You are? I have both. I do have both. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Just having a cell phone, we're giving people a lot of access to our information and stuff, Mm -hmm. period. And especially if you are participating in even one of the social networks, girl. Yeah, it's already, they already got you. They got you, <laughs> honey. They got you from every angle, baby. Yeah. And in a minute, they're going to be using shit like this to convict people. Or well, even worse. Doing that. So, be careful out here. It's going to, pretty soon, everything is going to be facial recognition or fingerprints or some shit like that like they're gonna control us 
with the technology. Like, we're not going to be able to travel without it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's working towards that. And then we just have to think about, first of all, it is technology. So it has the capability. And a lot of it already is smarter than us on a human level. Mm -hmm. And so that's dangerous as hell. Yeah. If it's not the government and corporations using it to control us or even just do what they're doing now, which is the ad placement and everything, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. What what do y'all think they about to be doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. girl, it's getting crazy out here. <laughs> danger crazy girl. in here. I don't know that. It's Nicki Minaj. I feel free. Um, I feel freedom. That's a song I skipped. Why they met? Don't look at me like that. Who I want to work with? Nobody. I wasn't saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways. <laughs> Ciao, anyways. <laughs> well, for our last segment, which is Reel It In, you guys know where we talk about, you know, something that's like related to movies, TV, entertainment type of situation. Mm-hmm. Last week, me and Cherry went to go see At Man and a Wasp. Mm-hmm. Quantumania. That's eating me up, y'all. Why would they make it called that? Why is it called Quantumania? It reminds me of Hulk Hogan, and I don't even understand how that relates to this movie. I don't either, baby. <laughs> it's the mania. Um, if you're too young for Hulk Hogan, he was a huge thing in the 90s. Everything was Hulk mania, so... Yeah. And especially once they got that show. I might have to double back on that show because I bet it was funny as hell. It's been super problematic. Yeah. You know, I might just take part of that out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, we was going to see the movie either way because Cherry loves the Marvel franchise. But it was listed as the worst viewed movie in MCU history. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not surprised at that. Worse than Aquaman? Well, Aquaman is DC. Girl, see (laughs) y'all. Let me be quiet. (laughs) Aquaman's DC, and we all know DC does a terrible job making movies. But I'm not surprised that this is the worst viewed simply because it's Ant-Man. He's not like a dominant character. And in the comics, he plays even less of a role than he does in what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But the movie is good, y'all. Don't let people try to talk y'all out of seeing this movie, tell you it's bad. None of that. It's not a bad movie. It's good. It's a great start to um, Kang, the villain. A great start to his character. Y'all should go see it. Yeah, and shout out to that brother because he plays a villain better than anybody doing it right now, honestly. Jonathan Majors. And also, he is a perfect example of a man that knows how to embody femininity and masculinity. Don't play with him. Shout out. We love to see it. And he's just killing it right now. He's also in Creed 3, which. He's like in four movies right now. Like four movies that's coming out in the next couple of months or yeah. have already came out this year. So, yeah. Wow. Shout out Jonathan Majors. 
Yeah. I thought the movie was pretty good, but because I'm not that big of a Marvel or any superhero movie fan, I feel like I could get into some comics. I don't feel like I'm not interested in the screen. The main thing that deters me is the length of the movies. Mm-hmm. And y'all know I got places to be and people to see, so. Girl. I'm just saying, that stuff be getting on my nerves how long the movies is. Like, you couldn't get it in. Like, you don't think, as somebody who edits footage, you don't think there's a few scenes that could have kicked the can. I mean, there's always. In every movie. There's always moments. Bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> I've been turned all day, bro. All day. It's I'm on my cycle, uh-huh. and things get turned up in here. The hormones are flowing and going. Let's get them in the other direction. <laughs> um, there's always moments in movies where it's like y'all could have took that out. Yeah, most of it is unnecessary dialogue, or just some weird scene where the music's playing and we're looking at something that we don't have to be looking at. Yeah. Of course. That, you're right. That's in every movie and every genre. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Every, what do you call it? Franchise. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But I'm just not a crazy that type of movie fan. But I feel like even with that being said, I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. And we had a good time when we went to go see it. I recommend. Yeah. First of all, good. what kind of weirdos just wait for the trends to tell them they should see the movie? Oh my God, everybody's not seeing this movie. It's probably bad. I'm not going to see it. Like, if you want to see some... People do it all the time. I heard Cocaine Bear was good. Who? <laughs> it's this movie called Cocaine Bear. Basically, this bear gets a hold of some drugs. And he's just... On a rampage. And that sounds like some shit I would have watched when I was like 17. Yeah. I heard it was good though. I kind of want to see it, but I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to wait till it's streaming on something. It's only a matter of time. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everything streams eventually. And if it don't, they couldn't get the contract together. Yeah. Honestly. I did, before we closed out the show, want to briefly, very briefly, so keep me in check here, baby. Hold me accountable. Okay. Touch on the Chris Rock Selective Outrage uh, stand-up on Netflix that dropped this past week. Yeah, it was like a live stream. That was like their first time doing that. Which, by the way, I heard was seamless, and I thought that was interesting. They must have used all those dollars from charging people more money. (laughs) (laughs) People having to get their own account or whatever, you know, to make that happen. I don't know. But I'm going to just first start by saying that in the past, I have enjoyed Chris Rock as a comedian and entertainer. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a very talented person. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, that nigga's a coon, okay? And when given the opportunity, one thing he gonna do is play in our face in front of some white people to appease. And um, I did not watch the thing. I mm-hmm. am not watching it. So I don't have too much to say about it outside of the fact that I feel like what he did do was very harmful to black women in general, the comments that he was making. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made several comments about different black women, but specifically 
I want to touch on, you know, him just calling Jada Pinkett Smith a bitch. Mm-hmm. Double downing <clears throat> on the whole reason he got slapped in the first fucking place by Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a disgrace to the black community in general. Mm-hmm. It's getting weird. Like, for Will to be the one that slapped you, why do you have all this heat, though, for Jada? And men like that are the type of men I feel like will be abusive towards women. But then when they are challenged by a man, don't have nothing to say. This is the same person who just a few years ago was sitting in a room with Jerry Seinfeld. And I can't remember the other white man's name. And they was freely saying nigga. And he was laughing. Yeah. Same man who also stole hair, the movie Hair. From a black woman and then mm. produced it himself. When are we as black people going to start taking a stance and actually protecting black women? Because if we have the power influence that we say that we do, I'm going to need that. Because although there will be no discourse if nobody watched it, I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. I think that we could have shown a lot more support for black women by doing what I'm doing is by not watching it at all. And that's what he getting off of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What kind of pussy ass nigga, first of all, wait a year to respond anyways? The one that has a deal set up and a tour lined up to talk about it. But once again, performing for a few dollars. Embarrassing. I couldn't be me. Well, you a real nigga. Did you have any thoughts after... Hearing what you heard, because everybody's talking about it. Um, not too much, but I mean, since we're calling men corny, you know, <laughs> why not throw it on Chris? Because it's given corny behavior. Very corny. It's given that one dude in high school that you never would get a chance, and then he got a few dollars. And he so. think he's shitting on everybody, but nobody still wants him. Right. Mm-hmm. You like see him at the club and he's like trying to buy, buy bottles and show everybody that he's that nigga now. Still lame though. It's like none of us are going home with you, bro. Yeah. Just embarrassing, honestly. Yeah. So if somebody else slap him, it'll be right. It, it'll be justified. And I felt like it was justified the first time, if I'm being honest. Yeah. What are you making time for? A nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm making time for cooking something new. Mm. Trying something new. Yeah. We've been all on the foodie pages this week, so. They've really been getting me these last few days. Yeah. And now that you got your new schedule at work, you can actually, like, come home for dinner. You know, be home at dinner time, so. You can, like, cook for my girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Love that for me. What you making time for? Uh, This week, I'm making time to prioritize and follow up on my health. Mm-hmm. I finally have a doctor's appointment this week. And um, I hope that quickly leads to referrals to a gastroenterologist because your girl needs healthcare. Yeah. I need medical assistance. And so I don't always 
prioritize it because I don't enjoy hospitals and the experience that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Or just doctors in general, the medical industry. It's failed black women repeatedly and me personally. So I, I don't have the best feelings going into it, but I'm yeah. going to push through and do what I need to do. I got a black female doctor, y'all. Hey. A black woman. And um, I'm excited to meet her. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. You're going to get everything that you need and even some things you didn't know you needed, but you're going to enjoy it. Holler. Yeah. Well, without... I've I've got got time. time.